Turn your Bibles with me this morning, please, to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. <clears throat> For the last several weeks, we've been considering who we are as lambs and sheep. We, we've been looking closely at the job of the shepherd and how Jesus took on this job for his great love for us, his sheep. Last week, we heard very powerful words from a man Scripture calls John the Baptist. We realized quickly that he was absolutely overqualified to make the statements about Jesus that he was making. Jesus, uh, excuse me, John said that, that he was not worthy to unstrap his sandals that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit. He watched the Spirit actually descend upon Jesus like a dove and then rest upon him. After all this, John made three very bold statements and it could have cost him his life and ultimately had a lot to do with it. For all the world to hear, he made these statements. All the world to hear. He says, and I have seen, and uh, he, he says, here is the Lamb of God. He, he secondly said, he will take away the sin of all the world. And the last thing he said was this, I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. Now, we all knew this, Right? We all knew this, and it didn't cost us anything like it cost John. And we continue to know this as his bride, the church, his body of believers, his church. We know this, right? With all the glorious information, how should you react? How is it that you should, you should react? I mean, you've got a, if you've got a copy of God's Word, well, raise your hand this morning. With all this glorious information, all this knowledge, all this privy that you have to know the Son of God, how is it that you should react? What should we look like as believers in Christ? We're, we're going Old Testament this morning. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. Hannah prayed. Now, y'all know how women were treated in Scripture, right? Especially Old Testament times. This prayer is recorded in Scripture for a reason. From a woman in Old Testament times. Listen to what is recorded. Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is lifted up by the Lord. My mouth boasts over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, we come to you again asking forgiveness of our sins. Now, Lord, we've set aside this time 
Lord, in our lives to, to just be still and to hear from you. And God, that's what I pray that you'd allow us to do. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just pour into this place and pour into each one of us individually, and we would be able to hear the message that you need us to hear. God, we need to be greater servants for you. Help us, Lord, this morning to hear from you, to do that very thing. In Jesus' name I do pray, and all God's children said, Amen. Kind of an unusual. I mean, right there in, at the very beginning of, of Samuel, we see this prayer from a woman, and, it, and it's recorded. Now, what had just happened in this woman's life for her to pray this prayer, which is called the prayer of triumph? What in the world had just happened? Now, if you read chapter 1, and I encourage you to do that later on this afternoon, you'll, you'll find that Hannah was barren. She was one of two wives and the other wife was not barren and she was barren. She could not have children. She wanted children. And I'm sure she prayed every night, every day that God would open her barrenness and, and it, it never happened. And uh, she went to the temple to pray and there was Eli and he saw her crying and thought that she was drunk. And he kind of scolded her. He rebuked her a little bit. And he says, I, she said, I, Hannah said, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. Now, we don't understand. We don't have an idea how old she was or how long she'd been praying this prayer, how long that she had been in agony, wanting a child and not having one. But the other wife would throw it in her face and laugh at her and, and just, you know, I've got children, you don't. I mean, I don't know how she did it, but it, it was not nice. It wasn't good. It was ugly. So she prayed, and she prayed. And then she prayed a prayer. Lord, I, I'll give this child to you. I'll give it back to you if, if you'll allow me to have this child. Just to have a child, open my womb, let me, let me have a child. God granted that. He allowed it. He blessed that. And she had a child. What was the child's name? Samuel, the name of the book. What did she do? She, she honored that prayer. And she took Samuel back to the temple and gave him back to the Lord. That's what we're seeing this morning. And, and then we see Brother Frank, she's rejoicing and singing a song of, of triumph. Now, church, what we've just learned of ourselves these last few weeks as being lambs of God, of being his sheep, a part of his fold, how we have learned how great his immeasurable love he has for us. There ought to be a song of triumph in our hearts. There ought to be a song of triumph in our hearts, in our minds. And it ought to, to roll off our lips with ease and frequency. We should have a constant song in our heart for all God has done for us. All that he continues to do and all he is going to do in the future. Listen, when you go to the cardiologist, 
he ought to put that stethoscope on your heart, and they're all, he ought to hear an orchestra going off in your heart praising God for all he's done, all you know he's done. Listen, we ought to praise God for all we don't even know he's done for us. I got mad last night a little bit. I didn't really get mad, but I was leaving my neighborhood. I had to be somewhere at 8 o'clock. I left at, at 7.15. I had plenty of time to get there. And as I'm pulling past the, 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 the fire station right there, there's a gentleman there, his family, they're broken down. They're, they've got a flat tire or it's going flat. And I said, are y'all okay? Are y'all need any help? And he said, well, I, I don't know what to do. Where's the closest place? I, I, he said, I need some air. And I was like, come on, I've got a compressor at my house. You know, I... I Gave him some air. What are you talking about, Brother Kyle? God might have stopped me right there from getting killed at that stoplight. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what God's doing. But they, listen, there ought to be a song of triumph in my, our hearts for what we know he's doing, what he's going to do, and what we don't even know he's doing. But we, we don't. I, I mean, I, I, I love preaching. But the worship ought to be, the, I mean, the loudest thing in all the world for believers in Jesus Christ. We ought not hold our tone back. We ought not, listen, we ought to all walk out of here Sunday morning with, uh, with sore throats. Praising God for all he's done. Our hearts should be full. That's what we see. A woman with a full heart of gratitude this morning, she can't stop. She can't hold back. She's got to tell it. So what do we see in our scripture <clears throat> this morning? What do we see? We see a once broken woman now rejoicing to the Lord. Now you would think, you would think that Hannah would be crying at this point. She had just left her newly weaned child with the priest Eli in the temple. Y'all know what this means. She had, she had been breastfeeding this child. And when the child was weaned from drinking the mother's milk and could eat solid foods, that's when she took the child to the temple. Yo, I, I remember one of the hardest things that I ever did as a parent <coughs> with all three of my children. Like I couldn't with Amy, Emily. Amy did this with Emily, but I did it with the two boys. Was taking them to college, helping them unload, helping them, you know, decorate their dorm room, and looking at my watch and knowing it was time to leave. And, and I, I did this with both Kyle and Alex. I gave them a hug, and I turned them around, and I raised their, their arms up in, the, up in the air, and I said, I've done all I can do as a parent. You've got to sprout your wings and fly. And I just pushed them forward, and I turned around, didn't look back, went to my car and left. That's one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Get, given, given your children up, I mean, you've prayed for them, you've done everything, you, you, you sent them to school, you brought them to church, youth group, you prayed over them. I mean, you, you just, you have to turn them loose. You have to. They're not ours to begin with. I mean, your responsibility is to, to lead them in the path of the Lord. You can't, make them, you can't make them stay on the path. But that was hard at 18, 19 years old. We ain't talking about an 18, 19-year-old kid here this morning. Samuel 
was still, <coughs> in our eyes, a baby. He was a baby. He was a little younger than my grandson, uh, Rozier, and Gary and Angie's grandson, Pace. And Hannah, Samuel's mother, was singing a song of triumph to the Lord. Angie, could you do that? Let, let's take Rozier and, and, and Pace, and we'll, we'll take them to, to let, let's just say, I mean, the National Cathedral in, in Washington, D.C., and dedicate them to the Lord and just turn around and come back home. Oh, no. There'd be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There, there wouldn't be praising and triumph. But that's what we see this morning from this woman. Can I, can I tell you what she did not know? What, what she had no clue was coming? She had no idea how God was going to bless her child, what he was going to do with Samuel. She might have had an inclination, well, you know, God, I'm dedicating this child to you, and I want you to do great things. That's what we see when, when children graduate high school and what, when they graduate college. You'll see parents, you know, take a, a photo with their cap and gown and holding a diploma in it, and you'll see, the parent says, I can't wait to see what God is going to do with your life. Now, she probably had some sort of inclination that God was going to do something, but not what he was doing, not what he was getting ready to do. You see, as Samuel grew a little bit older, Eli's two sons were not heads. And God was getting ready to take all three of them out. But something had to happen before he could do that. He had to raise another Eli up through Samuel. Eli was resting one morning, and Samuel was close by, and Samuel heard what he thought Eli calling him to him. Samuel, Samuel got up, ran to Eli, says, yes, sir, what, what can I do for you? He said, sir, son, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. So Samuel went and lay down. Not too long after that, Samuel Samuel gets up and he runs back to Eli. He says, yes, you called me. He said, no, I, I didn't. Go back and lay down. So Samuel goes back and lays down the third time. And, and Samuel, he hears the voice, Samuel. And Samuel gets up and he, he runs back to Eli. He said, you, you called? He said, no, I didn't. And at this time, Eli knew. He said, the next time that you're called, say, hear my Lord. Hear my Lord. And he did that very thing. You see, Hannah didn't know this was going to happen. She might have had some inclination, but she had no idea what God was going to do with her son, this man named Samuel. There's something else she had no idea. She had no idea how God was, was going to bless her because of her sacrifice to him. <clears throat> she was just content with giving back to God what, she, what God had already given to him. Look at <clears throat> 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. Verse 18 says this, The boy Samuel served in the Lord's presence and wore a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went with her husband to, to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkaniah and his wife, May, may the Lord give you children by this woman in place of the one that she has given to the Lord. Then they, they would go home. The Lord paid attention to Hannah's need, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence 
of the Lord. God gave her more. God gave her more. There's something else. She had no clue, no idea what the nation of Israel would receive with and from her sacrifice to the Lord. Warren Wiersbe says this about the days and the events that took place. During this period of judges, the Israelites were in dire straits because they lacked godly leadership. We got a lot of places in the world that are the same condition today, amen? We got a lot of churches in the world today that are in that same place. Wiersbe says, the priesthood was defiled. There was no sustained prophetic message from the Lord. And the law of Moses was being ignored throughout the land. As he often did in Israel's history, God began to solve the problem by sending a baby. It happens a lot in Scripture. Wiersbe says, babies are God's announcement that he knows the need, cares for the people, and is at work on their behalf. Church Hannah had no idea. She had no idea. She just had to give back to God for what God had given her. Now listen to that again. Hannah had no idea. She had to give back to God for all that he had given to her. Understand what she gave. She gave it all back. She, she prayed, Chris, to receive something. She received what she asked for, and in turn, she gave it all back to God. And we got a hard time tithing when the offering plate comes back. Bye. I, I, hear, I hear people discuss from time to time, well, God doesn't talk anything at all about tithing in the New Testament. Listen, he wants you to give. Not, not give from your pocketbook. He wants you to give from your heart. And that's what we see taking place this morning. I, I, I'm worried about Christians today because you have a problem giving anything, your time, your talents, or your money. She gave it all, everything, back to God. So let's quickly see something. What do we see in, in Hannah's prayer? Look with me real quick. It says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. She was just so full of the Lord. She was so thankful, thankful that she said, my heart, not my mind, not my body, my, my heart. The heart is where the Holy Spirit resides. That's where the Lord touches us. That's where he resides in us. She said, my heart, my heart, my heart rejoices in the Lord. You ever sung a song and it just, I mean, you, you, you could feel what Hannah's talking about here this morning? Do you have a song that, that relate, you can relate to? I, 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 listen, I, I was minding my own business. I think it was Friday night. And I, I, I came upon the song that, it, I mean, I had never heard before. And I posted it out on Facebook for all y'all to see. And it, it, just, I, I, it just was killing me. What was happening? My heart was rejoicing. Well, what is it? Come, Jesus, come. I'm ready, y'all. Come, Jesus, come. I'm, I'm ready for him to come. She was rejoicing from her heart. 
She said this, she said, the, the, my horn is lifted by the Lord. And I didn't understand that I had to really look and study about this. Wearsby gives explanation of the horn saying, the, wor the word horn is, in verses 1 and 10, symbolizes strength or a strong person. To have your horn exalted meant to receive new strength from God and, and be especially helped by Him in a time of crisis. There's never been a time, Angela talked about it here a few minutes ago, there's never been a time that I've been in crisis that I didn't call out to Jesus. Now, he didn't fix it all the time, but he gave me strength. He filled my horn. He helped me walk. He helped me talk. He helped me get through the situation. Now, I might not have understood why I was, and I might have wanted to blame other people instead of blaming myself, but when I found myself in that situation and I called upon Jesus, Jesus came. That's what Jesus does. She then said, my mouth boasts over my enemies. My mouth boasts over my enemies. Now understand here that defeated people have to keep their mouth shut. Y'all noticed this morning, I wasn't saying anything about the Carolina-Georgia game. <laughs> Mary Beth wasn't saying anything at all about the Tennessee, Florida stuff. We kept our mouth shut. But, listen here. But, those who have victory in God have much to talk about to the glory of God. You should. You should. It worries me that you don't. You You should. Listen, we, we win in the end. We're getting pummeled on this earth, and it's going to get worse. It ain't going to get any better. But listen, we win in the end. There's no way. There's no way we lose. I mean, I was watching the games last night with y'all. I can't, I'm going to try and go back and watch the Colorado-Colorado the State game because I, I had the game started at 10 o'clock. I had to go to bed, Brother Frank. I had to work this morning. I had to come to church. That game went into two overtimes. The, 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 it was a last-minute drive in the fourth quarter. And, and listen, Colorado came back, and they tied the game, went into two overtimes. I want to see what's happening. I want to see, watch the rest of that game. Brother Kyle, what, what, how in the world does that have to relate to Scripture and what we're talking about this morning? I, I, listen, th there were times in my life that I don't know what's going on. And I try to think ahead and do this and do that. And God's like, listen, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I try to, to look ahead and I try to plan this and plan that. And God's like, you know, I, I see what you're doing. You, you keep it up, boy. But understand, you're already won. You're going to win. It doesn't matter what you face and what you're going to face in life. We win if you're a child of God. Amen. If you're not, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. We're victorious. Hannah then says, <clears throat> I rejoice in your salvation. Now, Wiersbe says this phrase suggests more that Hannah's being delivered from her, her barrenness. Hannah sees this miracle as the beginning of a new victory for Israel. But the word salvation here is Yeshua, one of the names of the promised Messiah. 
She was rejoicing for the future event that would free Israel from spiritual bondage. It was a dark time in Israel. Hannah then makes three statements that all who have called on the name of the Lord can and should make continually. Three statements. She says, there is no one holy like the Lord. No one is holy like the Lord. Now, he's your standard. If there's no one other holy like him, he is your standard. He's our standard. He is the church's standard. There's no one holy like the Lord. The second thing she says is this. There is no one besides you. Now, this is a truth that can't be explained. There is no other God. There's professed gods, but guess what? They're dead. My Jesus is alive. The third thing she says is this. There is no rock like our Lord. There's no rock like our Lord. What does that mean? He is the cornerstone for all of creation. There's nothing grander, nothing higher, nothing elevated, nothing, nothing bigger, badder, better than our God. Now, church, what is it? <clears throat> what is it? What is it that we can take away from this beautiful prayer? What can we take away from it? We can pray with confidence everything, everything that Hannah prayed, prayed, and much, much more. You see, she didn't have what we have. She, she didn't have a, a, a structured building like we have back in those days. She didn't have the Bible. She didn't have the Holy Spirit of God. She, she didn't have a, a, a tremendous church family like we have. And yet she had this triumphal, victorious song in her heart. We have more and we should have a greater song in our heart, church. We should. Understand, our struggles on this earth will remain. Can't be taken away. This is not our home. The struggles on this earth will remain. They are real. But our hearts should be full and ready to worship the one who has given us his all. He deserves our whole worship all day, every day. He does. I'm just about done. Y'all pay attention. And when we get up for the altar call here in a minute, I want to ask everybody to stay in the sanctuary. Don't move. We're just about done. Can I tell you that one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced as a pastor is watching a person who seems to be stagnant in their spiritual life. They're still in their motionless, in their worship, and they have a moment of freedom where they just cannot control themselves any longer. They, they can't control themselves. They just have to praise God for all that he has done, and, and they do not care who sees them. They, they have to raise their voice. They have to raise their hand. They have to sing at the top of their voice to, the, to their holy and righteous Lord. This morning, 
I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going to ask the, the praise team, if you will, to come. I'm going to give you that opportunity this morning. We're going to sing a song in closing this morning to praise our Lord. Now, this song is a song that you all know. But it's a song that I would call an ascension song. You know, the psalms that they used to, to sing to the Lord when they'd go to the temple on holy days, they were ascension songs. The, the closer they got to the temple, the, the closer they got to the, to the holiness of God, they would raise their voices even higher and higher. The first, the first stanza is a good stanza. Oh, man, it's good. Pay attention to the words. Listen to the words this morning. And let the Holy Spirit help you to sing these songs of worship to the Lord. Sing this song of victory together with us this morning. Let's all stand. Turn in your hymnals, or they're going to have it on the screen, to page 10. Read it. Sing unto God. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When through the Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. Do you believe it? How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art.
shout, sing it like you mean it, church. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart that I shall bow in humble adoration. child of God you've got a song of triumph go out in this world and sing triumphantly as we close do we have any announcements need to be made any announcements yes Okay, so any small little stuffed animals if you're out and about? Any other announcements? I have a request. Yes. We need um, volunteers for nursery during church service. I have a sign in the foyer or excuse me, uh, school teacher that's already doing one day. Um, okay. Anybody else? Yes. Okay. Church, I, I, I want you to please get excited about <laughs> revival. Go ahead and mark your calendar. I've given you plenty of notice. Listen, it's going to be October 22nd through the 25th. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going to, as we get closer, I'll tell you a little bit more about how God orchestrated all this, but I, I want to tell you this. Be praying for Sunday. Be praying for all of it. Be praying for yourself on Sunday morning. I had initially thought I was going to be preaching Sunday morning. I was going to kick off, but God said no, no. Blue Har uh, Harbin is going to be preaching Sunday morning. You, you women don't wear a lot of makeup that morning. Don't, because God, God's going, He's going, He's going to break your heart. But be praying. I, listen, I'm really excited. I want you to be excited. We need revival. Amen. Individually, and the church needs revival. Amen. So please plan on being here now. Angela's going to have special singing. We're we going to have a time. We're going to have a time. Any other announcements? Oh, and Butch, listen, if, if, the, same, if the social hall's ready, we're going to be eating too, brother. <laughs> That's contingent. Y'all need to pray, pray for that. Any other announcements? All right, let's join hands across the auditorium. <laughs> Bob Parker, will you please lift your voice and dismiss us in prayer, brother?
Amen. See you tonight.